Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and I'll tell you what, in almost seven years of doing this podcast, there's one topic that you, the listeners, have always asked us about, but somehow, in almost 600 episodes, we've never talked about, and that is LinkedIn, which is why today, I'm bringing in someone who is incredible at what she does on LinkedIn. I'm so excited for today's guest. I'm going to introduce you to her and tell you just a little bit about her. Her name is Shannon Kirkendall. She has not only an incredible entrepreneurial journey, but this is someone who I can already tell has a zest for life, certainly a zest for travel. Let me tell you just a bit about Shannon. So she is the founder of Up Automation. She's currently based in the Portland, Oregon area. She founded Up Automation in 2015 after 10 years of being a tech VA for coaches, authors, and speakers, which is why not only is she awesome when it comes to LinkedIn and when it comes to lead generation and marketing, but she actually has real life experience behind businesses, fueling businesses, powering businesses. And I'm so excited to hear how that has shaped her perspective and her strategy and her approach with her clients. In 2017, she pivoted up automation into focusing on LinkedIn content creation and client acquisition. That's what social media should be for when we do it right, when we're connecting with our ideal clients. So she's got an awesome approach to that. From 2017 to 2019, she traveled around the world while building her business. She between 2016 and 2020, she visited 22 countries on five continents, which is so cool. I could talk so much about Shannon, but I'm really excited to just dive straight into it. Little disclaimer as we dive in, you'll probably hear from her dog, Chico, even before we were talking, before we hit record, we already heard from Chico. So he'll at some point make an appearance in today's episode. Without further ado, let's dive into my interview today with Shannon Kirkendall. Shannon, welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here and really excited to know that I'm the first LinkedIn uh, business to be a part of your show. So, Heck yeah. Honestly, it's crazy. And I'm so excited for so many different reasons. It's something that even I've kind of felt the urge where I'm just like, LinkedIn is this thing where when I became an entrepreneur all those years ago, I feel like I stopped using it. And so that's why I'm excited to dive into that today. Uh, Before I even cue you up with that question, which it's for sure going to be my first line of questioning, I would love to open the floor for you to fill in the gaps for listeners. Beyond the bio, who is Shannon? So I am a mom. So my, I have a daughter, a grown daughter. Um, right now we're doing a multi-generational thing, uh, saving to buy a house. That's kind of like a little bit of my personal. Um, dog lover, I love animals in general, but definitely dogs. We have a, a big black lab named Vader. Um, and then I've got my little Chico. He's my little travel dog. Uh, he's been on several road trips with me. He's a really great companion and listens very, very well. So that's important. Um, I'm kind of an open book in many sense, so it's hard for me to say like who I am. Uh, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Um, You know, uh, I'm open, I like learning new things. I like adventure, uh, spontaneity, all of those things. It feels like a dating profile. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, that's just a little bit about me. But again, you know, feel free to ask me anything. I'm, you know, I am, I'm an open book and I love sharing stories. 
Heck yeah, I love it. And I'll tell you what, when it feels like a dating profile, because we all have those scenarios, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that just means we're putting our best self forward, which is exactly what we should be doing. So I love it. And I love your transparency in all the things. But you already heard me tease it at the top of this episode before we dive into the LinkedIn stuff. What really excites me about your entrepreneurial backstory is that you've been in the game for a long time. It's very rare that I meet someone. So a lot of people might think, you know, I'm still in my 30s. Maybe I don't have that long of an entrepreneurial history, but I've been in the game for 15 years. Shannon, you taught me in that number. It's not every day I get to talk to someone who's been in the entrepreneurial game for that long. So I want to hear about how those building blocks all the way back, you know, starting as a a tech VA in 2005, how all of those building blocks have given you the skills, given you the experiences and perspectives to really do what you do now. How has it shaped your approach with clients? So when I went to college, uh, when I was 25, so later in life, um, and I was a single mom at the time, and I went to school, this was in the 90s, like 95, and they were just kind of talking about the internet's brand new, they're just now talking about, okay, we need to get people in these tech fields. And so I became a network, uh, I went to school for network administration, and that's pulling cables for anybody who knows how networks connect inside an office building. I I was gonna be the person that was gonna be pulling cables, I was building computers, And after doing that for like three and a half years, I realized I hated it. I didn't like it. And so in college, you have to take electives. And one of the electives I took was an HTML class. I fell in love with it. Um, Fast forward to uh, 2005, I had done some freelance HTML websites and and creating CSS, uh, cascading style sheets. And I mean, and I was hand coding. There were no... Click funnels or lead pages, drag and drop that didn't exist, or if it did, it was like really rudimentary, and the user interface was horrid. So I kept getting into situations and jobs, and I'm not a job person. I I just was somebody who really wanted to work for myself. So it really was sort of how I became a tech VA was sort of by accident. Um, I got fired from my last job got on unemployment. I'd never been on unemployment before and wanted to do something different. Happened to, a gentleman reached out to me because as part of your unemployment, you have to be actively looking for work. And so a gentleman reached out to me. He said, this is what I do. And I said, well, I don't want to drive that far. And he's all, you don't have to, you can work from home. It's like, that's wonderful. That's what I've always wanted to do. So I was working from home in 2005 before it was a thing. Um, I worked with him for about eight months and started, was like, you know what, I need to bring in some more income. What else can I do? So I started doing research. And anybody who's familiar with looking at, remembers what the web internet looked like back in the early 2000, you would have these sales pages that were like novels. I had to build those, like I built those out. But I'm also looking at those sales pages trying to find ideas to bring in some residual income. So I see this thing for a virtual assistant. So I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. So I do the VA stuff. Um, I start to realize that there's a third person involved that's going to take part of the money that I'm making. And I'm like, hey, I know how to build a website. I, I'll build my own website. I'll go out and find my own business. And so that's what I did. Like, I want to say within 24 hours after I had my website up, I had my first client. And he said, I'll pay you $2,000 a month. And I said, okay. Like there was no negotiating. Um, He was uh, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He was in the 2004 Olympics. He placed 10th. 
Um, and so he was promoting his jujitsu trainings. And so I was building all of his pages. I've probably worked between that 10 years because I worked with him for a couple years and then a bunch of other clients. But during that time, it was really all about coaches, authors, and speakers. I was starting to learn through osmosis about how to think like an entrepreneur, which is really important. You can't think, you, you can't go into running your own business thinking that you are an employee because it's a very different mindset. And so I learned all of that. That built the plat that built sort of the foundation and then in 2015, one of my clients uh, wanted to build out this funnel. I was working with a company called Digital Marketer, and I was really impressed with the tools and the trainings that they had. They had put together this thing called the machine. I introduced it to one of my clients. We built it out. The first month that we had it built out and that it was launched, she made, she was running, you know, making $10,000 a month or five figures a month. And so we got really, really excited. And I decided, you know, I'm going to become a partner with Digital Marketer. I'm not going to do virtual assistant work. I'm now going to become a full service marketing agency. And so from 2015 to 2017, I was a full service marketing agency. Uh, learned one of my most valuable lessons during that time was a big fat fail. Um, I lost my business, my clients and my employees within 24 hours. Um, and it was because I wasn't managing the money the way that I should have been. Um, I tried to grow my team way too fast and it just, it crumbled. And so I had to kind of sit back and figure out what am I going to do? Well, during that time, um, I had talked with somebody and they recommended LinkedIn. I'm like, why am I not using LinkedIn? So after everybody goes, it's just me and I'm crying for the next two weeks and trying to figure out what my next steps are. I was doing LinkedIn lead generation and I was getting leads, but I couldn't fulfill, like I can't take care of them. And so I reached out to the other partners at Digital Marketer that were doing the same thing I was. And I said, hey, I'm getting leads through LinkedIn. If I send them over to you, could you fulfill and give me a 20% kickback? They were like, yeah, you're doing the lead gen for us. That's fantastic. All right. So that's what I do. And then three months later, after because I, I was living off that, I had three partners that would compete, like I'd give them the leads and whoever uh, signed up with them, I'd get the kickback. And I survived on that for three months and then decided, okay, we're not, we're not going to do it this way. I'm going to create a business out of it. And then at the same time, the business being brand new as it was, I also left and started traveling around the world. And which was again one of the best things i could have done for myself as scary as it was it was because i was surrounded i traveled with 40 people during uh the two years that i was traveling and there were so many other entrepreneurs and digital nomads that i was with all the time and so there again i'm surrounded by a support group and people who are like wanting to help build you up and help you know and help you be a success and so from there um we pivoted the LinkedIn quite a bit um, because LinkedIn likes to change. It likes to throw things, you know, throw the algorithm out. It likes to get rid of bots. Um, you know, there's a lot of restrictions to LinkedIn, but at the same time, once you know how to use LinkedIn, it works. It constantly works. I do lead gen for myself the same way that I do lead gen for my clients. Um, the newest addition to the lead generation is content because if you're not actively posting content on LinkedIn, no one, they're, they're all they're going to see is your lead gen stuff. They're just going to think you're a bot. 
So you have to be putting content up on LinkedIn regularly. So yeah. that's kind of the long, the long route of that story. I love that story for a million reasons, Shannon. And let me tell you one thing. I'm going to call it out. I'm going to say it out loud is because I think every listener, heck, way more than every listener, I think every entrepreneur needs to embrace the fact that the longer people have been in the game, they have more stories and more perspectives and more things to share with you. And in my personal opinion, this is why I'm saying it out loud. This is like the one place I'm going to preach it for 30 seconds is that I think in the world of entrepreneurship, we need to celebrate longevity a heck of a lot more than we do. We have a tendency in the world of entrepreneurship to celebrate the ones that, you know, get some funding and launch a Facebook ad campaign and appearingly blow up overnight. The reality is it's the people who have been in the game for as long as we have, Shannon, where we have not only battle scars, but gosh, have we learned in a million different ways. And so that's why I love that overview and particularly for listeners to hear it firsthand from you. It shows a lot. It shows that it's never a straight line. There are pivots. There are changes. There are, you said, a colossal failure. There are so many different things along the way. So I love that overview, Shannon. And it's obviously a natural segue into talking about LinkedIn because it sounds like, hey, I'm not alone in this. That you also for a time were thinking, why do I not use LinkedIn? And I know for so many entrepreneurs and business owners, when we stop being in the, the job seeking world and the networking world for potential future jobs, we stop using it. I mean, I just realized a few months ago, I haven't even updated my LinkedIn in literally years. So Shannon, let's start there. I think it's a great place to start. Why the heck should we as business owners even be on LinkedIn? Because if you're working with other businesses, that's where they are. Um, you're not so... For me, it's all about B2B, and that's who I'm helping. I'm, I'm working with... I, I like to work with female founders within the tech industry. Um, but LinkedIn, LinkedIn is going to, people are active on LinkedIn. There are the groups that are there. It's a very different mentality than being on Facebook where you're dealing with not only your friends, but probably other people who are on an MLM trying to get you to join. Um, same with Instagram, uh, Instagram, you're literally opening up an app just so that you can look at commercials out of every, you know, you get a picture that's regular and then the rest of it's all ads. Um, there's, you're gonna get more engagement with LinkedIn. Um, they're, they've got tools like Sales Navigator, which can help you hone in um, and picking who your ideal prospects are. They also have what's called uh, their content, LinkedIn content creators, where they go in and they help you, They they they'll not only will they tell you about all the different um, events and things and hashtags to be uh, hashtagging so that they're giving you ideas for content. All right. They'll also give you training. There's lots of training tools on LinkedIn as well that are free for you to use. So you, you don't have to hire somebody to do your lead gen or create your content for you. LinkedIn has the tools already built into the system. Um, if you are using LinkedIn regularly and you are posting content, uh, make sure you turn creator mode on. Um, I have a video that's actually featured on my LinkedIn profile that will actually walk you through that process. Um, that's free, you know, take advantage of the resources that are available on LinkedIn. Um, I'm gonna say about 90% of all your conversations will be coming from a very professional place. There is a 10% you know, that it's the ugly part of social media. But 
I don't necessarily deal with that like other people who post regularly do. So, but it just really depends on, you know, where you're coming from when it comes to the kind of content that you're writing. Um, yeah, let me, I, this is really interesting to me hearing the way that you talk about this because it actually reminds me of the early 2000s or right when Facebook just started is that as entrepreneurs on Facebook, that was the very first platform that I started getting traction on and it felt in many ways like Facebook wanted us all to succeed because the more people that saw our stuff, the more engaged people were on Facebook, the more we used Facebook. So that's what Facebook wanted, but you kind of hit the nail on the head. I love that you already took my question and you said, well, first let's paint the contrast between LinkedIn and other social media platforms because on Facebook and Instagram, you're 100% correct as to why I stopped using Instagram. It's all ads and that's what it feels like. It's felt like from them saying, well, I want Brian and Shannon to get traction to now saying, I want our advertisers to get traction. I want more people to see more ads and to click those ads. And, And what I'm hearing from you, Shannon, is that LinkedIn still kind of is those glory days of social media where they want us to succeed. They want us to be seen. They want us to do proper business network. Which you're right, for so many entrepreneurs in the B2B space, that's the the essence of lead generation. Is that right? Exactly. It's exactly right. They want us to engage with each other. That's people do business with people. All right. I see people go on LinkedIn and they'll create their personal page as the business. You're not going to get as many people to engage with you as a business as you would if you had your, your face up there on your profile and you engaged as you. Now, LinkedIn has an opportunity for you to create a business page. In the past, I had no idea why they had business pages or company pages because they didn't do anything to get traction to them. Things have changed over the last couple of years. So now we we not only focus on our personal profile, we also focus on the business page. All right. And we're cross-posting content. There's areas. So if you are a company that has lots of employees, one of the best things you can do is to get everybody it within your organization to optimize their profile to cater to your business all right you're the founder of the business get your employees to update their profiles to reflect what they're doing within your organization and then anytime you post content within your business page there's a button that comes up that says you want to notify employees yes you do send that to your employees let your employees also do some uh posting or Uh, engagement outside of the organization inside LinkedIn, because they're going to be connected to people that you may not be connected with. That's the other thing that I love about LinkedIn is you have your first connections. Those are the people you're connected with. And then you've got your second connections. And those are the people that are just directly underneath. And then you've got your third. There may not be a connection there, but your second connections are always growing and growing because of all the new connections that you're making and the, and the conversations that you're having. Yeah, I love that overview for so many ways. It's funny, Shannon, not always when I'm doing these podcast interviews, because obviously these are super conversational, no pre-planned questions, but every once in a while I'll have a guest on where I'm just frantically writing notes. And, and this is one of those times because even in your brief overviews, I'm like, oh, we have to touch base on that. We have to touch base on that. So there's a lot that I want to get into about the actual tactics and strategy behind your LinkedIn approach. But first things first, I want to address because obviously I have my listener hat on and I want to ask questions that the listeners, whether they're driving or they're at the gym or they're just listening to us, who knows where Shannon, maybe while they're in the shower and they're thinking, oh, Shannon, wait, I want to know more about this. Let's actually talk about lead generation because 
obviously the purpose of all of this stuff is that lead generation with the right people. And when some people hear you say, you know, I use LinkedIn for lead generation, they might be thinking, what does that mean? Are you just like cold messaging people? Are you just blanket adding people? What does lead gen on LinkedIn look like? So I'm going to get really real right here. People on the people on LinkedIn who complain about the cold message, receiving a cold message from someone, guess what? The reason that they do it because it works. It doesn't matter if you don't like it, it works. So it's your mindset. If it's something you don't like, if that's not your approach, then don't use that approach. But this is approach that works for me. It works for my clients. It ebbs and it flows. It is not the quickest way to generate leads because you have to nurture. This is not a one and done, and this is not a set and forget. So like right out the gate, gonna let you know that. Um, when it comes to doing lead generation on LinkedIn, for me, I like to create kind of a drip campaign. So the first thing you need to do is you do need to sign up for Sales Navigator. You cannot do this without a Sales Navigator account. You won't get the kind of clients that you're really looking for without using Sales Navigator. Sales Navigator has like 30 different tools or filters that we can use to really narrow down who is our ideal client, who are they? And hopefully you have done your homework you have created ideal avatar spreadsheets so that you know who you're looking for. You know the industry you want to target. LinkedIn used to have 48 industries. Oh gosh, I don't even know how many they have now because now they have segmented, sub-segmented. So there's a ton of different industries you can target. So you can get super niche or you can be super broad. And I'm going to tell you right now, get niche, get a small list. You know, if it's if there's only 100 people that you can reach out to at that time, that's fine. Start there. Take advantage of the in-mail that Sales Navigator offers. All right. In-mail, when someone receives an in-mail, they pretty much expect this is a cold outreach. And that's what it is. It is all cold outreach. Um, the big thing that I try and tell my clients is you want to send a message. All right. So when you're sending someone a message, ask them a question. Don't just start the message with, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is our team. Nobody cares. They, they, all they wanna know is, do you have a fix to my problem? So what are the pain points of your ideal prospects? What are they dealing with? Why would they need to hire you? So that's where you start. You start by asking a question. All right, what, what, are you, what, are, what is something that you're dealing with? If so, so for me, uh, a question that I will ask is, um, are you using LinkedIn to generate leads or are you using LinkedIn? Are you writing content for LinkedIn regularly? Uh, content seems to be a big thing because it takes a lot of time. So they want somebody who can do both. All right. And I'm kind of a rare find because there's not too many people who are doing what I'm doing. Um, and so that's essentially, that's where you're going to start. You're you're going to, you know, when you first connect with somebody, you're going to send them just, hey, thanks for connecting with me. All right. You don't need to sell anything. Uh, a little trick that I like to use is make sure your metadata on your website is set up properly. And what your metadata is, is whenever you put a post uh, on social media and you use the link, it will pull up an image and maybe a little blurb about that. This is uh, LinkedIn will do that too within the message center. This is your opportunity to do a soft sell. So if you've got an image of your logo, the name of your company and what you do, LinkedIn lead generation and content creation, 
all I've done is said, hey, thanks for connecting. I just let my metadata sell for me. And that's how I structure my messages. So that's a little tip. Yeah, I love that, Shannon, for so many reasons. I've got a big smile on my face over here as you're giving listeners this overview because I guess I'll say this out loud. Listeners love hearing my just transparent thoughts over the past seven years. And my transparent thought right now is that a lot of what you're sharing with us really feels like the cheat codes to marketing because here's the thing. So many other marketing alternatives it's kind of us throwing something into the wild and hoping that it works. And I love the fact that, hey, Shannon, you're the first in almost 600 episodes. Come on here and tell listeners, go after your ideal clients. Come up with a smallest 100 people who would benefit from working with you and reach out to them, which is very scary for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm thinking about back in 2012 when I started my web design agency, for example, and my business partner and I, we knew who our clientele was. We had a lot of great clients who had local schools. That was kind of our niche back then was helping schools create better websites in the early 2010s the school websites were terrible and so yeah. we we didn't know how to reach them but what you're saying here is hey with linkedin sales navigator literally you can put in exactly who you want to talk to if it's the principal of the school if it's the superintendent of a school district if it is You know, if there's some person in an office that makes buying decisions, vendor decisions, we can get a list of those. LinkedIn will hand us that list and then we could just focus on talking to those people. feels like a cheat code. (laughs) And it, it will even go as far as, so if you're an organization that, all right, you're looking to target companies who've had 6% growth. Like that's how I had a client. That's what we were doing. We were targeting companies that had 6% growth within the last six months. LinkedIn has that information. It'll give it to you. Um, The only thing that LinkedIn that I see that has a hard time doing is the segmenting between male and female. That's probably the only thing. So if you're an organization like me who prefers to work with female founders, and here's the thing, uh, some people hate niching down, some people don't. For me, my niche is, is female founders in tech. I don't only work with female founders. I can work with anybody who who wants to hire me. But when it comes to niching down and the message that I send, that is the message and that's who I send it to. All right. So if you're afraid to niche down, don't be. Because you can work with anybody, but you just need to be specific and you just need to cater your specific message. Yeah, I love that. Shannon, I almost feel like I exchange a lot of emails with a lot of entrepreneur to entrepreneur listeners every single week. And I'm thinking about some listeners out there who are probably thinking, well, I don't need to do any other marketing activities if I can just get in front of my ideal customers and clients, which is obviously what you do personally. I love that you made it clear very early on in this episode. You're like, this is the one thing that I do and this works. And I did an episode here. It was a few months ago called Same Stuff, Different Shirt. And so every day you do the same stuff, just wearing a different shirt. And to me, that's the sign of really successful systems, really successful businesses. And I respect that so much about the way that you operate. And for that listener out there who's thinking, well, why don't I just for the next month talk to 300 of my dream clients on LinkedIn? What do I need to do to do that? We've talked about setting up a personal page versus a business page. You've talked about publishing content on LinkedIn. How much do I actually have to do to start prospecting and lead generating on LinkedIn? So for me, um, when it comes to the lead generation piece, I actually only check my LinkedIn account once a day. All right. Uh, because I have a lot of other tasks that I need to take care of. So you don't want to let it take over. It needs to be a system that's kind of running in the background. And every day you're going in and you're checking for replies to the messages that you've sent. 
uh, LinkedIn has a cap on the number of messages you can send a day. So you so take advantage of that. Um, you can send about 50 messages a day uh, and reach out to people uh, through the messenger system of LinkedIn. All right. You can also reach out to them via a post, you know, uh, engaging within a post of somebody that you want to work with is probably one of the best ways because then it's not so cold and make sure you're leaving a meaningful post. Don't leave. Oh, thanks for sharing. This is great. Leave something meaningful. Leave something that uses an example of what they're talking about or or something that may be doing the opposite that might challenge them. But that's how you're going to get their attention get them to pay attention to you. So that's a couple different ways. Um, but you, it doesn't take a lot of time to do. It really doesn't. Most of the work happens when you're setting up your campaign. Now, there are tools that I use um, to help automate my process. All right. Automation is nothing more than an efficiency tool. All right. It is not. I still have to manually go in and check messages. I have to manually reply. The point of the tools that I use is to keep the drip campaign going until somebody replies to one of the questions that I've asked. Once they've replied, then the campaign stops and then I have time to go in and give them that reply. All right. And if the reply or whatever it is that they've asked, maybe it's a thank you for sharing from them. I want to keep them in the campaign. So the tools I use allow me to move them forward in the campaign. All right. It also allows me to view their profile. It allows me to react to one of their posts. Um, I can follow them. I can unfollow them. Um, when you use Sales Navigator uh, within the notifi notification sections tab on LinkedIn, uh, it'll say who's viewed your profile. Take a look at all the people that have viewed your profile. Reach out to them, you know. So and these are people that you have viewed before you've asked to connect. All right. Um, the different tools that are available out there. Um, oh, gosh, I think it's called uh, Meet Alfred is one of them. Um, it's an app sumo. That seems to be one of the most popular. It also the pricing on it seems to be really good. And it has all of these little intermittent like reaching out to connect with somebody viewing a profile. So it kind of helps with the automation piece of it. Yeah, I love that. I was actually just Googling because I would love to, once you said AppSumo, it's something that I know listeners take a huge advantage of is those lifetime deals. So I'm super curious to see if that's still on there, but we will link to that, of course, in the show notes to this episode. But I love the fact that you called out automation doesn't mean set it and forget it forever. It's kind of like the myth of passive income. It's like passive income. It's not passive. There's work to do to set it up. There's work to do to maintain it. So I love yes. that disclaimer that you put in there. But I want to also touch on the content side of it because obviously the cold messaging outreach is one thing. You've also talked about content. What is the obligation for us as entrepreneurs who want to succeed on LinkedIn, especially all the B2B entrepreneurs? At this point, you're already convincing me, Shannon. I'm like, why are, is everybody not doing this? What's, what's the content obligation there? Do we need to be posting? Is it every day? Is it every week? What type of content? Talk to us about that. So the kind of, so with, when it comes to content, this is what I typically will do for my clients. We post on Tuesdays and Thursdays before 11 p.m. or excuse me, before 11 a.m. Uh, 
and I'm on uh, Pacific time. So it's before 11 o'clock my time. My clients are all over the US. So as long as it's within that time frame, because that's just what LinkedIn says is the best time to post. You can also post on Saturday. Evidently, that's a good day to post, which I thought was strange, but I don't work on the weekends. So, <laughs> um, but you, you don't have to write every day. You can write when you want to. It's just about being consistent because you'll start to get a following of people who are interested in what you're writing. And if you're inconsistent with that, then they're gonna, they're gonna go off to someone else who's probably more consistent in writing content. And the thing about content these days, content has gotten a lot easier to write. There are great tools out there like Jasper AI, Copy AI, Writer AI, ChatGPT. All of those tools will help you hone in on the content you wanna be writing. I highly recommend taking advantage of those because it's going to be the best way to scale, especially if you're a content creator that's a listener to entrepreneur. It's going to be one of the best ways to scale your business because you can produce content so much faster and you have different ways to choose how you want that content to look. So it's just be consistent. Um, when you're posting content, take a look uh, for groups that are relevant to your ideal prospect, also relevant to your industry cross promote your posts there. All right. And then make sure you're posting it on your company page. Uh, the kind of content you should be posting should be content that's relevant to what your ideal prospects want to hear. Personal stories do really great. Um, you don't need to do a lot of personal stories. Uh, I love doing polls because that's a really great way for me to kind of segment um, answers as well as get an idea of who's really engaged in what I've been posting. Um, I'm much better at my clients posting than I am my own personal posting. So I'm not necessarily the example, uh, cause I don't post as much content as I should because yeah, I'm we, working with, clients, which let's face but. it. We all get a free pass when it comes to that. It's kind of, what is, it's like the cobbler's son has no shoes. We're all totally guilty of that. So I feel yes. you on that. But with that said, because obviously I've checked out as part of my research for this episode, I've checked out your LinkedIn profile extensively and okay. So you've talked about your content, but what really sticks out to me is when I go to your profile, I'm just like, gosh, all my questions are answered. I know exactly what Shannon does. I feel like I know you, you have such a nice smiling picture as your profile picture there's, you know, we have common connections. I can see that obviously you've got all your hashtags filled in. You do have content there. You've got an awesome about section. Everything's in there, which for a lot of us who haven't been keeping up with our LinkedIn, I'm totally guilty. Let's talk about profile optimization. How important is that? And what are those ingredients that we should have on our LinkedIn for all of this stuff we're talking about? So you kind of nailed it, your statement. They came, you came to my profile, you know who I am, exactly what I do and what I'm about that's what your profile should do. Um, if you are a, an entrepreneur looking for clients, your LinkedIn profile should not look like a resume. It should be an extension of your website. All right. It's fine if you want to have a little about me area underneath the about section, but on your profile in the about section area, there's only about two lines that actually show up, make it count, make those lines count. Um, make sure you're taking advantage of the real estate behind your profile picture. Create a, a banner and let people know what you do. I like to, um, when I first started out, I liked asking a question uh, that and put that question on my banner because just 
because it would get somebody to kind of think. Um, I've since changed then, but take play around with it. Play around with some form of question or tagline on your banner. Make sure your branding's there. Um, let people know who you are. There's also um, within the subject line, uh, not subject line, your first and last name area. Uh, I put my first and last name in the first name field. And in the last name field, I put right now, I, it's content creator and lead gen. And the reason I do that is because anytime somebody does a search for content creator, my name's going to come up first or up in top where they can see it because I, and I'll stand out. So take advantage of that. Don't put founder or CEO. You already have that information on your profile down towards the bottom where uh, your businesses are. Come up with something catchy. You're limited on characters, but come up with something that is going to be searchable. Think SEO. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead if you've got more. There's one more. Oh, there's also another area that LinkedIn sort of defaults pre-fills out about you being the founder of blah, blah business. That's another area that you can actually add in your own text. And so that's another area that I take advantage of. This is, you know, who I help and what we can do. All right. So anywhere there's an opportunity for them to see, oh, well, she's content creator and she does lead generation on LinkedIn. You know, it's make that's how you're going to make yourself stand out from the crowd. Shannon, I'll tell you what, we're 36-ish minutes into this episode, and I don't know how in such a short amount of time you've essentially given a masterclass when it comes to all things LinkedIn. And I feel like this is only the tip of the iceberg. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. So I do want to squeeze in an important topic as we come towards the end of this interview. I feel I don't want to let you go, Shannon. I feel like you have such a wealth of information that there's so much we could talk about. But I want to ask you about this, because... For my audience, me always thinking about the well-being of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs everywhere, I can't help but think about the yucky side of other social media platforms. And, and you've mentioned groups, for example, in LinkedIn. We haven't talked about groups just yet, but when I think of Facebook groups, for example, I think of every time I join a Facebook group, some people just send yucky messages from there. Hey, Brian. Hey. Hey, are you doing this? And like, it's, it's really terrible the way that they're using Facebook as a platform. Now, obviously you've shared with us so many right ways to do LinkedIn, but I'd love for you to, to guide, usher our audience away from the yucky sides of doing it. What are some things they should absolutely not do when it comes to LinkedIn? Um, don't spam. That's a big thing. All right. It's so it's one thing to send that cold message. And again, spamming to me is an unsolicited message that literally starts off with, this is who I am and this is what we do and this is how we can help you. That's spam, all right? But if you're sending someone a message that's asking a question that addresses one of their pain points and then maybe underneath it go, we can help, I find that far less offensive than receiving a long-winded email about all the things that you can help me do when you haven't even asked me if it's an issue I'm facing. All right. That's spam. You, and they're also, you can tell when it's spam because if you took a look, closer look at the person who just spammed you, they didn't even do their research. You're not even an ideal client. All right. So don't do that. Be thoughtful about it. Plan it, plan it out. Um, the other thing to do is you, you are going to get someone who's going to be nasty every once in a while and reply back. 
uh, try to refrain from replying and engaging. Just remove them quietly, block them so that they never run into you again. Just that that's my best advice for that. And I know, depending on the day, that's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, that might be one of the best pieces of advice that listeners will not fully comprehend until they start taking action. As someone who's been in business for as long as I have, I remember in my early 20s, especially ego kicks in. Like you want to defend yourself. You want to be like, no, like this was a good hearted message, but you're right. Just delete them. I love that advice. That is such a good way to answer that question. So that, go ahead. I do want to say something quickly about the groups that you had said. The difference between LinkedIn groups and Facebook groups is you don't have people in there who are reaching out and messaging you independently. There's not there's not that uckiness that you get from other like from Facebook groups. Um, but you also have to keep in mind on LinkedIn, you're dealing with professionals on Facebook. You're just dealing with regular people that don't understand business. They trade time for money. They don't get it. We're not trading time for money, or at least I hope you're not trading time for money. But you it's a professional and what you're typically doing within a group that you're getting involved in is you're sharing your resources, you're cross-promoting your posts. And not all of your posts should be promotional. That you, you know, there's a lot can go, um, storytelling can go a long way. All right. So you just want to be cross-posting so that you're getting eyes on your content. Uh, LinkedIn also has analytic tools. All right. So one of the things I do at the end, at the beginning of each week is I take I review the analytics from the week before so that I know how many people viewed my my posts, viewed my profile. How how many times did I come up in a search? How many new followers? How many new connections did I get? So you want those are some resources inside LinkedIn that you want to be able to take advantage of. And being a part of a group in LinkedIn has gotten a lot better. And I know that there's more improvements coming. Yeah, I love that overview. Two things that I really want to call out for listeners from what you just talked about in the the past couple of things that we've mentioned is first things first, having that more catered message. This goes back to where you talked about having maybe a smaller targeted list. This is where the riches are in the niches is that if you're speaking to 100 people, your language can be way more on point for those 100 people so that you aren't coming across as spammy. So that's the first thing that I want to tie in. And then the second thing, and Shannon, this is a little bit of tooting your own horn, which is you talked about when you do this outreach, whether it's LinkedIn or or quite frankly, any platform is that don't lead with, hey, I'm Brian, this is what I do, this is how awesome I am, this is how awesome I can be for you, is you stressed multiple times in our session here today about talking about their needs. And I think for me, as someone who's looking in on your business from the outside, as I did a lot of research for today's episode, all of your language, whether it's on your LinkedIn, whether it's on your business web page, it's all about what you can do for others, how you help others grow through content creation, through lead generation, through the automation work that you're able to help them with in LinkedIn. And I think that that's so important. It's it's an acronym that I've always lived by in marketing, which is WIIFM. What's in it for me? And it's the question we always need to ask ourselves with every message we send, every email that we write, every sales pitch we do. So Shannon, so much good advice there. And you you know what? As we are, gosh, 45 minutes almost into today's episode, I want to ask you the broad question because obviously I could ask you questions for the next 12 hours and beyond, but I want you to really tie it up for listeners who are sitting there thinking, gosh, Shannon, you've convinced me I need to be on LinkedIn. Where the heck do I start? What is the actionable takeaway that I should get from today's episode? So the very first thing that you should do is, is optimize your profile. Optimize your profile, make it look really good. I do have a 
uh, I have a checklist that people can use. So if uh, they want to reach out to me, I'm happy to share that with them. There's no cost for that. There's no gated uh, resource. I'm happy to share that and answer any questions they may have. But that's the first place to start. Optimize your LinkedIn profile and optimize your company page. Make sure everything's connected. And then the next step would be to turn on creator mode. Those would be your first three actionable steps. Yeah, I love that. There's Chico, as promised at the top of this episode. But yeah, I also want to call out for listeners, success leaves clues. So Shannon is very clearly amazing at what she does. So don't guess about what a good profile looks like. Go look Shannon up on LinkedIn. Like, look at her profile because success leaves clues. We're obviously linking to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, Shannon. So I love those tips. Love that strategy for listeners. Gosh, it feels as long as we are into this episode, still feels like there's so much to go. But Shannon, at this point, it's natural. I love how generous you are with your checklist for people to reach out for free and engage with you and get that checklist for their own benefit. So I'd love to open the floor for you here at the end of the episode to tell listeners where the heck they should go to learn so much more from you about how you operate, all this awesome LinkedIn stuff, and of course, the link to your website. So if you want to learn more about what it is that I do, visit upautomation.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, Shannon Kirkendall. Uh, the links and the information will be part of the show notes when those come out. Um, and yeah, reach out to me. I am very responsive. I will answer any questions you have. If you want tips and tricks, you know, I, I'm happy to help you. And for me, it's not, a, I'm not, I definitely want clients, but it's more of, I'm more of coming from a place of helping you to fish versus doing the fishing for you. So if you want me to do fishing for you, I can do that. But I think most people when they're just getting started, you know, it's better to, you know, I'm teaching you to fish. So find me on upautomation.com. Heck yes, you all heard it directly from Shannon. Definitely go check out her business website. I'm telling you, you'll fall in love with her not only as an entrepreneur, but as a business because her copy is so personable. It speaks to all of the needs that we all have when it comes to lead generation, marketing efforts, content creation. So upautomation.com as well as find Shannon herself on LinkedIn, Shannon Kirkendall. Her tagline there, you'll see it. I saw it as she's talking to us, content and lead generation. It's right there in her name. So she pops up. So definitely check out the link in the show notes at Shannon on LinkedIn. Don't be a stranger. Check out her website. Otherwise, Shannon, this was incredible. A whole new world for entrepreneur to entrepreneur listeners. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Brian. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wantrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.